This week on Erectile Dysfunction Radio. The way they were describing their erectile dysfunction was taking over their entire being. It was so anxiety provoking for them. And it was very easy for me to just ask them, what do they do during their day? Welcome to the Erectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to educating and empowering men to address erectile dysfunction, improve confidence, and enhance the satisfaction in their relationships. This podcast is brought to you by ErectionIQ.com. Learn more at ErectionIQ.com. Welcome to the Erectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. I am Mark Goldberg, Certified Sex Therapist. I am deeply passionate about working with men like you to help resolve their ED. Welcome to another episode of the Erectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. Today we are joined by Dr. Aaron Weinberg. Dr. Weinberg is a board-certified urologist who has extensive experience treating men's sexual health issues. He has trained at some of the most prestigious hospitals and programs, and we appreciate him joining us today. I want to say, on a personal note, I have had the privilege of sharing some patience with Dr. Weinberg and his dedication and commitment to helping men resolve their sexual dysfunction among other urological concerns, is impressive. I would like to think that this is an ideal that I strive for in my work as well. So for any men out there who are hesitant about seeking help, I want you to know that there are many committed professionals like Dr. Weinberg who are dedicated and passionate about helping you. So Dr. Weinberg, thank you for joining us today. Dr. Goldberg, thank you for the opportunity. Today we're going to be talking about demystifying psychogenic erectile dysfunction. And I'm very excited to have Dr. Weinberg join us so he can share his thoughts and opinions about the role of the mind in erectile dysfunction. So Dr. Weinberg, one of the challenges with treating erectile dysfunction is the complex nature of this interplay between the mind and the body. How would you describe the mind-body connection when it comes to erectile dysfunction? What I talk to my patients about is how an erection, well, as simple as that may sound, is actually a very complex set of steps, which involve a stimulus at some level, whether that's physical or visual, uh, which then triggers a release of blood vessels and blood flow to the penis to achieve the erection. And so clearly from that description, you can see how there could be multiple difficulties along the path from getting an erection. And unfortunately, because whether it's physical that then goes back to the brain or visual, which goes directly into the brain, there is a lot of ability for the brain itself to get those messages mixed and not allow the erection to proceed. And that's how I really sort of see the difficulty um, with um, uh, psychosocial uh, ED or the mind-body connection, because I really see it as the mind almost floating above the body uh, when, when men have that disconnect. I'm going to ask you, Dr. Weinberg, to expound upon this a little bit, because there definitely are people out there and listeners who I think experience a little bit of skepticism when it comes to this connection. So I want to follow up with a more particular question. And that is, in your opinion, do you think that what we think and what we feel actually has an impact on the process of blood flow into the penis for an erection? So let me just take a step back. What we think and what we feel are 
the direct connections to get the erection. I think that while men remember or can give an example of when they were able to get erections that were easy for them and without it, without, without a thought. And, you know, they had a problem hiding their erection. I think that they were too young to remember that there was a stimulus at some level. And I use the analogy a lot when I was in New York and I used to work with a lot of bankers and traders who were young, healthy guys in their 20s and 30s, and they would come see me for erectile dysfunction, and they were very frustrated that they had erectile dysfunction. They felt that everything was going well in their life, and they just did not understand, and they sometimes saw me as a second opinion or sometimes saw me uh, after their primary care doctor and said, you know, uh, my doctor says it's all in my head, like, you know, that's not true. Uh, Everything's fine. Everything's going well. And I could see that the way they were describing their erectile dysfunction was taking over their entire being. It was so anxiety provoking for them. And it was very easy for me to just ask them, what do they do during their day? And they would tell me, they would describe very stressful, long hour days of calculations and you know decisions that would affect lots of people, lots of money. And I would just turn to them and say, that sounds very stressful. And they would say, yes, it's incredibly stressful. And then I would, and then I would ask them sort of candidly, do you think any of that stress uh, you take home with you? And they would say, oh no, no, I, I leave that in the office. And I would say, well, the way you're describing your erectile dysfunction to me sounds like you're very stressed about it. And they, and then through this, you know, very simple process, they were able to understand that they were taking some of the stress and anxiety that they had during their day, and they were not on high blood pressure medicines. They did not have diabetes. They were healthy guys, but just they took that stress and anxiety and they brought it into their into their bedroom. And so while people don't like to acknowledge that there is a bit of themselves that could be causing or furthering some of this erectile dysfunction, they want to be able to say it's high blood pressure, it's diabetes. I think that with a very simple conversation, uh, patients are able to acknowledge that there is some personal part. And so I don't like using the word psychosocial. And I usually try to say something like personal erectile dysfunction or non-diabetes, non-hypertensive, as silly as that may sound. And I really like the analogy that you use to educate your patients just about the stress that they carry, whether it's it's the stress from work or the actual stress from the erectile dysfunction, uh, because all of those things can really impact uh, the process. So Dr. Weinberg, in your experience, what percentage, roughly speaking, what percentage of men that come to see you with erectile dysfunction have a psychogenic component that seems to be contributing or a personal component in your terminology? So I think it's definitely age-related. I think it's very clear that as men get older, there are more medical conditions that come about. It's more common to see a man in their 50s, 60s, and beyond have high blood pressure and diabetes, where men in their 20s or 30s may not. And so I think that when men come to see me with ED in their later teens, 20s, or 30s, I think that the personal component of erectile dysfunction or non-medical, if you will, or non-disease state is probably high, probably in their 70s. Uh, As men get older, 
I think that the uh, psychogenic ED doesn't go away. I think their medical conditions just um, make it maybe may mask it or 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 take over. Um, you know, as as men get older, they tend to have more stresses in their lives, whether it's from work, taxes, family, and so I don't think it ever goes away. I just think that maybe the diabetes, heart disease, or other conditions sort of take over. If that's fair. Yeah, so if I'm, if I'm understanding you correctly, Dr. Weinberg, men who are at earlier stages of life, probably in their early 20s up through their 30s, have a far higher chance that there's a pronounced psychogenic component involved in their erectile dysfunction. The psychogenic components really don't go away right, at any age, uh, but medical conditions become more impactful as men age. And I assume that that, again, relates to hypertension and diabetes and, and other factors that come into play, generally speaking, as people age. Is that largely accurate? Yes. Okay. Now, Dr. Weinberg, what are, what are some of the psychological components that men present to you or that you're able to pick up on um, when you're meeting with a man for the first time um, and he's presenting with erectile dysfunction? Uh, definitely when I talk to men and there is a difference in their erectile quality um, with self-stimulation, masturbation versus um, intimacy or, or sexual intercourse with a partner, that helps to bring uh, some of that to light. Some men are, are able to achieve better erections with self-stimulation than with their partner. And that would tell me that you know maybe there's some stress between partners. Um, also, younger couples that may have been from uh, arranged marriages or did not have a lot of, or the male, the male partner did not have a lot of partners before their, uh, their partner now, um, and feel that they are not able to bring something to uh, the relationship or to the bedroom. Also, people that tell me that they have a, a new partner, you know, uh, people that are in college or even uh, people, even older people that tell me that they have a new partner and things are different now than they were before. At the end of the day, you know, sort of touching back to what we initially started the conversation with, well, erections are a interconnected play of nerves and blood vessels. At the end of the day, it's also a very simple system. And so if something changes abruptly without a new medical diagnosis or without a change in blood pressure, um, without you know a, a, a trauma, that leads me to sort of think that this may be more of a, um, a psychogenic or psychosocial. Dr. Weinberg, there are times when there clearly are one of these factors, right? That's presenting to you. Sometimes it presents to me. But men prefer a quick fix, like taking a medication. And a lot of times that actually can just work. What would you say to a patient who finds themselves in this situation? So a lot of times when I talk to men, um, they, um, they're, they're really looking for something. I think whether they've been told by their doctor or maybe another urologist, oh, it's just in your head, uh, you know, work it out. Uh, you know, maybe maybe work with a therapist, um, but they're not given the option to have a medicine. I think that frustrates them more. Uh, and sometimes, um, you know, I'll speak candid with the patient. I'll say, look, you're doing everything that doctors have asked you to do. You had, you know, you were able to speak about a subject that's not uh, something that men like to talk about to your primary care doctor. You then went to one urologist and now you're seeing a second urologist. Uh, you know, you've done everything. The least I could do is 
is work with you to talk about an option uh, that may help you out. Um, and, and I think a lot of men actually are very happy to, to, to feel uh, validated, to feel like what they're doing is just as important as what, as what a doctor does. And I, and I think that, you know, it can be a, a nice, good step. I also tell patients, uh, you know, I, I sometimes tell a story. I said, you know what, in a very, in a similar situation, you in the bedroom is like a comedian who gets up uh, for a comedy show. Their first joke needs to kill. If not, they're going to be dealing with an hour of hecklers uh, and they can't just run off the stage. Um, and so I say, you know what, you've been working through a lot. This is clearly something that's stressing and frustrating you and your partner. I want to be able to provide you with the medication that may just give you that little extra boost, take a little bit of that, you know, clouds off your mind, help you get that erection that can jumpstart the positive cycle. Because for so many weeks or months or even years, men have been frustrated with going to the bedroom. They've been thinking, well, I sure as heck hope this is not as bad as it was last time. And that's a terrible way to feel. Yeah. And I, I can definitely appreciate the, the role that some of these medications can play in terms of helping, to de, uh, helping a man to really decrease his performance anxiety. Like you said, there are positive and negative cycles and anxiety and in particular performance anxiety does have a tendency to compound. And what I'm gathering from you, there are times that, that you, know, you do turn to a man and say, even if there is a psychogenic component, Right. Part of this may also just be breaking that cycle and, and getting onto more of a positive cycle. And positive experiences have a tendency to get more positive experiences. Right. To, to that end, are there times that you recommend both, right? where there seem to be other issues going on, you want to help a man get jump-started, and we'll also recommend that he look to address some of the more broad psychosocial components that seem to be impacting his life? Well, I really think it goes hand in hand. The idea is is that, um, and you know this because of the patients that I refer to you, at the end of the day, I, I tell patients, look, uh, I went to medical school. Um, I went to urology residency. I went to fellowship training. Um, I know how to diagnose a problem, and I know how to, to properly prescribe medications. I even know how to perform um, complicated surgical procedures. What I'm not very good at is sometimes talking about the therapeutics and the steps to being able to help a patient move through some of those uh, mental exercises, which you are an expert at. And so I tell patients that because I'm not an expert at it, I've done my job to find experts in the field uh, to refer them. And I really find that that's a great way to introduce um, uh, uh, a therapist uh, uh, into, the, into the fold. And I have a lot of patients that in the beginning of the conversation make it very clear that they're not talking to, to anyone uh, and that they've either had a bad experience or don't want to talk about it. But by the end of the conversation, feel very comfortable taking um, taking your contact information and, and, and reaching out to you. So uh, I think that if it's folded in the right approach and it doesn't seem like I'm pushing the patient uh, away or I'm saying, hey, this is, this is not, this is not quote, medical enough for me, um, you know, by all means, no. I, I see uh, the work that you do uh, at equal to, if not more, than the work that I can do in the office. And I appreciate the combination of medical and psychological really coming together. It's not one versus the other. It's not that it doesn't cross the medical threshold for you, right? Or it's not quite psychological enough for me. It really is 
uh, trying to tackle this from multiple angles and helping to give men the best leg forward uh, to being able to address uh, their erectile dysfunction. So have you seen the benefits or let's say the differences in outcomes between men who do address their erectile dysfunction through multiple facets versus other patients who are a little bit more insistent on just uh, working for a quick fix? That's a fair question. Um, To be honest, I don't think I have enough. I clearly see more men that will prefer to start with a medication than men that work with the medication and go on to see a therapist. That's the honest truth. Um, However, the men that I tend to see more frequently are men that are doing both therapy and medications. At the end of the day is a man may uh, reply to me either through, um, uh, through the uh, medical, you know, the, the internet medical record, uh, send me a message or, or see me for one follow-up and say, Hey doc, the medicine worked perfect. Uh, I'm not using it anymore. Um, if I have any problems, I'll let you know. Uh, and that's for me, that's a win versus the men that may be working with you and me that I'm seeing back because they want to keep me updated. I think that, you know, whether the men that um, are working with the combination are more dedicated to follow-up versus the other men, I, I can't say. Uh, but uh, but I, I haven't seen men that have tried the oral medication, had a problem with it, did not find that it worked, and also didn't see a therapist. You know what I mean? So they, I, it either works and it's great and I don't see them or I see them in combination. I know it was a little long-winded, but... Yes. And in other words, I, I, I think this kind of goes back to the question that I asked you before. And, and, and right, there's a reality that, that these medications can be very effective. And oftentimes, um, if a man tries medication and it works, that solution uh, is great. And they're probably not going to come back to you. Um, and that probably is the, the majority Right of the cases that you see, which I do completely understand. You're saying some of the more more challenging cases that may not respond as well to medication and do take this from a multifaceted approach could be benefiting more from the therapy. Correct. Correct. Okay. Now, one of the primary reasons that men don't want to talk to someone about their ED, whether it's a doctor or whether it's a therapist, is because of shame. Do you see men coming in with a lot of shame in your practice? So I see men that come to see me. Sometimes it's men that have psychogenics. Uh, more often, it's some it's it's men that have medical conditions like diabetes uh, or heart disease, and they say, you know what, my partner is really not happy. I'm really not being able to bring it to to the bedroom, and I need help. Um, so I don't know if that's shame per se, but it sounds to me like they're frustrated. Men who come to see me that seem not to have the underlying medical conditions or the underlying medical conditions are not as prevalent, tell me that they're frustrated, tell me that they're angry, tell me that they can't sometimes keep a partner, but but they don't tell me about shame per se. Got it. And Dr. Weinberg, I want to wrap up with one final question or really asking you for a message. So for, for any men out there who are struggling with erectile dysfunction and are somewhat skeptical about this mind-body connection, what might be some parting words that you can leave us with uh, that you would want them to hear or know? 
So at the end of the day, I say this. I say, well, erectile dysfunction, you may remember as the simplest thing as, you know, having an erection that you tried to hide during middle school or, you know, high school. And it's now difficult for you to get an erection during intimacy. That's not something that you need to be frustrated about. And whether there is a social component to it, whether there's underdiagnosed or not, or, or not yet diagnosed medical conditions, the most important thing is, is that I want you to feel comfortable talking about it and talking about it with a medical provider. There are so many people out there that can help you, but the biggest, biggest, biggest part is for you to talk about it with them. And if you feel that the medical provider you're speaking to is not hearing you and uh, is not focusing on what you need to say, then reach out to me. Uh, reach out to a urologist. Reach out to you know a therapist if you have, because there are so many people that want to help you. And whether the social part is 5% or 95%, there are so many great treatment options out there. But the biggest important part is for you to make the first step and, and contact us. I appreciate that, Dr. Weinberg. And I'm want to make sure that we leave a link uh, so men can get in touch with your office if they do want to follow up and try to schedule a consult with you uh, or be in sure. touch. Would that be okay? Yeah, that's great. I, I can make sure that you have all that appropriate information. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you lending your expertise in this area. And I know this is going to be helpful and enlightening to our listeners. Thanks for listening to the Erectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. For more information on today's topic and understanding how the mind impacts erectile dysfunction, please visit ErectionIQ.com. That's ErectionIQ.com.